Speak to us now, Lord, we pray. Speak to our souls today. This is why we've come, dear Lord. We're ready for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Heaven and earth will pass, but your word will forever last. God, we're ready for your word. Father, we pray that as your word goes forth, it would find good ground so that good seed will produce good fruit in our lives. Bless us this day so that all that we hear will help us to do all that you desire. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So some of you have grown children, and when your children get big enough to wear your stuff, they periodically decide to go shopping in your closet. And having two boys, often they would look in my closet and tell me what I didn't need any longer or what I hadn't used in a while. And normally they would pick out the best that was in there, like my favorite thing, you know. Like one of them would come over and say, um, Dad, hey, I, I need to borrow a tie. Now, in my mind, I'm thinking, I know you have ties at your house. Why did you come over here without a tie, and now you need to borrow a tie from me, knowing that I'm never going to see this tie again? And so I used to make the mistake of saying, yeah, just go on up there and get your tie, until they always came down with my favorite tie. And I said, no, not that one. They said, well, you said I could get anyone. No, not that one. Right? Brandon would say, hey, Dad, I need to borrow a pair of shoes. I got to go to an event. I don't have any black shoes with me. I need to borrow a pair of black shoes. I said, well, go on up there and get them. And, of course, he would come down with my best newly shined black shoes. And I'd get to the place where I'd be like, you know what, let me just go up there and get something for you that I don't mind not being returned. Right? All of us have something that we really value. All of us have something that we really like. All of us have something that we don't want to give up. Somebody asks you, hey, can I borrow your car? You'd be like, mm, no. Can I borrow your best dress? No. Can I borrow your best jacket? No. Because you already know they don't appreciate it. They don't appreciate the value of it. And you already know they're going to come back with some excuse if you ever see it again. But what do you do when God asks for your best? That, that thing that you don't want to be parted from, that thing that you love so dearly, so much, what do you do when God says, that's what I require of you? In Genesis chapter 22, at the point of the story that we are at, beginning at verse 9, God has asked, and now it is time for Abraham to deliver the best that he has to God. Now, remember, when he asked for Abraham's best, he's asking from Abraham that which Abraham prayed for years to receive. He's asking from Abraham that which Abraham loves dearly. Because the truth of the matter is, God doesn't want from you what you don't want any longer. 
God wants from you what you love dearly because at the end of the day, God doesn't want your sacrifice. God wants your heart. And so today, for a few moments, we want to continue our look at Genesis 22 in the midst of our series, Who God Is. And we'll look at part three of Jehovah Jireh or Jehovah Yireh, the Lord who provides. If you have your outlines, would you say amen? I said, if you have an outline, would you say amen? amen. If you need an outline, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. There's three things on your outline. We'll go through the first two and then pick up the last one on next week if the Lord says the same. First thing I want you to see today, number one, you can see the Lord provide what you need when you're willing to sacrifice what you have. You can see the Lord provide what you need when you're willing to sacrifice what you already have. Verse 9, Genesis 22, the New Living Translation says, When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. It has been three days since Abraham received instruction from God to make this supreme sacrifice. And it is at this point that the father and son have reached a place where their faith would be challenged in the way that it had never been challenged before. Abraham obeys God in both his going and his giving. His going and his giving. The Bible says that they arrived at the place where God told them to go. They brought with them what God told them to bring, built the altar, arranged the wood on it. Abraham tied up his son laid his son on the altar, and picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. And Abraham displays to God that he loves God more than anything, including loving God more than the stuff and the person that God had blessed him with. You know, let me just say this for somebody in here. It's amazing how much we say we love God but we tend to love the stuff that God blesses us with more than we love God. Like, like here's the irony. You prayed and asked God for a boat, and then the boat keeps you from coming to church on Sunday because you're at the boat <laughs> instead of at church. <laughs> Does that make sense? You following me? You, you, you prayed and you asked God, 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 I want you to bless me with, with a vacation home and now the only time you go to your vacation home is on Sunday instead of being at church. But God blessed you with it. Abraham shows God that he was willing to sacrifice everything to give and offer everything to God that he had totally surrendered his life to God. And here's the question I want to ask you. Do you love God enough to sacrifice what you love the most? Are you willing to give to God your best 
Or are you, like you usually do, giving God your leftovers and what you don't want? Uh, we would receive clothes here for various events. And it got to the point that it was embarrassing what folk would bring. And volunteers would have to spend more time throwing out stuff than sorting through stuff. And, and what I came to conclude is that we need to stop asking people to give to other people what they don't want. Because when you give what you don't want, many times it's not worth having anymore. How many times are you willing to make a sacrifice to God? Now, here's the mistake. Here's what we typically will do. We are willing to sacrifice what we want more than we're willing to sacrifice what we have. Some of y'all got a blank look on your face. Let me put a cord in the meter and park it for a second. Here's what I mean when I say we're willing to sacrifice what we want more than what we have. God, if you give me this, it's what I want. I'll give you this. God, if you bless me with this promotion, I promise I'll start tithing. Now, you're not tithing what you already have. Preach, Cofield. No, you telling the truth up in here with no amens. No, you telling the truth. Right? But what we do is we say, God, I'm going to do better if you just give me more. Pastor, you ain't got to worry about, if I hit this mega million, you ain't got to worry about nothing at the church no more. If everybody in here gave as God has already blessed you, we wouldn't have to worry about anything. We don't need you to hit no lottery or nothing. Else. Just obey and give like God has blessed you and we'd be fine. We, we tell God, God, I'm going to give you out of what I want. And God says, no, I can't trust you with what you want when you don't do right with what you already have. Can God trust you with what you have already been blessed with? And can I tell you where you start? You really need to start not with the stuff you have, but with the person you are. You've got to start with yourself. Do you love God more than anything? Are you willing to sacrifice yourself for the kingdom of God? Are you willing to obey God no matter what the cost? Look at Luke 9, beginning at verse 23. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Go down to Luke 18, beginning at verse 28. Let's read it together. Peter said, see, we have left our homes and followed you. And he said to them, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or wife or parents, brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who will not receive many times more in this time and in the age to come eternal life. Jesus says, you can't beat me giving on earth or in glory. 
You can't even compare what you have given for the kingdom's sake to what he will bless you with in return for what you have given. So I remember 1988, I really felt the call to go to seminary. I always had wanted to go, thought it was too late. Children, family, etc., responsibilities, living in Pennsylvania. Went to a conference in Dallas and found out the opportunity was there that I could go. So I went back, planned, and told the church I was leaving. I was pastoring in Chester, Pennsylvania at the time. I felt God calling me to go to seminary. And, and the consensus was among my friends was that I had lost my mind. Um, and basically, those who did tell me that would say things like, look, man, Cofield, people go to seminary to get a church. Like, you don't go to seminary after you got a church. Like, you already have a church. That's what we're trying to get. And I said, I understand that. I said, but this is what God is leading me to do. I wasn't even thinking about the problem getting to church. I just felt like this was what God wanted me to do. My mother asked me if I had lost my mind. And, you know, how dare I take her grandchildren away from her. And, uh, but... I'm off to Dallas. Matter of fact, the pastor of my family home church, Dr. Robert Alexander Laws, said to me, he said, uh, Bud, he said, uh, I want you to succeed me here at Mount Lebanon. He said, and, and I understand that you're going to leave your church to go to seminary. And I said, yes, sir. And he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to move to New York, come back home, and uh, I'm, I'm going to hire you full time at the church. I'm going to pay you. And I'm going to let the church know, and the church is going to vote on you becoming the next pastor. I'm not retiring, but when the Lord calls me home, you will become the next pastor of the Mount Lebanon Baptist Church. Now, you know, you have to, you have to understand that was a dream for me. Um, that was the church my great-grandparents were members of. My grandmother grew up in that church. My mother grew up in that church. My sister and her children were going to the church at the time. So we were like five generations deep at the Mount Lebanon Church right there Bedford-Stuyvesant section of Brooklyn. I'm all ready to go home. And uh, I said, Pop, I said, you know, I really want to come home. I said, but I just feel like God is calling me to go to Dallas. And uh, so that's what I'm going to do. And he was hurt. And then he told me, he said, well, he said, I'll tell you what, bud. He said, when you finish seminary, he said, I want you to come home. And I was like, bet. Yes. As soon as I finish, I'm coming back home. I was so bent on going back to New York, there were boxes that I had packed moving from Pennsylvania that I refused to unpack for four years, right? I mean, they were like, so what color curtains are you going to put up? I said, curtains for what? We're only going to be here four years. We don't need no curtains. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm like, I'm coming in, getting out, you know, and two years two and a half years in the seminary, four-year program, my pastor died. And the chairman of the deacons called me, Deacon Roy Bratton called me, and he said, uh, Reverend Cofield, he said, we want you to submit your resume to come back home. And I said, Deacon Bratton, I said, you know, I know the kind of church Mount Lebanon is. I know y'all looking for somebody with a doctorate, et cetera, et cetera. 
a lot of experience. I said, and I know what Pop wanted, and I know what he said. I said, but he's gone, and it's okay. He said, no, 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 no. No, the deacons voted. We want you to submit your resume. So I said, all right, I'll submit my resume. So I submit my resume. And here's what was interesting. They invited me to come back and preach. There were 14 members of the pulpit committee. I only met with four of them, so we didn't even have a quorum. It was really more of a cursory gesture, nice gesture, but they really weren't seriously considering me. They were just going through the motions because the deacons wanted me to come, but the pulpit committee didn't. And so I met with the pulpit committee at a hotel at the airport, LaGuardia Airport in New York. And y'all ever did an interview where you just knew you killed them? Like, just killed them dead. I mean, I, let me tell you something. I, I killed them. I mean, I killed Okay, so I'm in seminary, and I've got all this reading and everything right, and they're asking me questions. And you know when you, like, not only ask the question, answer the question, but then you answer the next question before they ask the question. Like, it was just like, I'm talking about like the anointing of God was on me. It was like, whoom, whoom, whoom. I mean, I just got a machete. I'm just slicing. Like, shot, shot, shot. And then I just sat back and like, yeah, what? You know? and, and then one of the guys on the public committee said, where did you learn that from? I said, oh, my training, you know, Dallas Theological Seminary, you know. And then they asked me another question. I yeah, 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 bow, 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 bow. Sit back. And then literally the guy, guy in the public committee, one of the guys said, we've never heard any of the other candidates talk like this. Have anybody... And they were like, shh, 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 stop, stop. Like, no, he said, man, I ain't heard nobody talk like this. Killed him. Go to church that Sunday, Lord bless. It's my home church, man. These are people who knew me, knew my mother. Some of them knew my grandmother before she was born, right? So, I mean, we go way back. Man, I preach the Lord bless. They're like, woo, can't wait for my boy to come back home. Can't wait for my boy to come back home, right? And I got back on the plane. And, and the Holy Spirit said, you're not going to get to church. The Lord said, you're not going to get to church. This is what the Lord said to me. The Lord said, now, I want you to know because you obeyed me, if I wanted you there, you would be there. And the Lord showed me that that day, those two days that I was there, he was showing me that I could be the pastor of the church if that's where he wanted me. But he said, I have something else for you. Six weeks later, I got a letter from the church saying, thank you, but no thank you. My mother was like, what are they talking about? Why did they do that? Man, the church just, man, it was in an uproar when you preached. I said, mama, I said, everything's fine. I said, God has something else for me. Had no idea where God was sending me. Listen to me. Had no idea where God was sending me. But I had to trust God. And know that whatever I was giving up in my mind would pale in comparison to what God would do. Right? And listen, I got, I got to show you something. I got to show you something. Just, just some confirmation. It's, it may be a little messy, but it's confirmation anyway. <laughs> now I got to tell you. So my 10th anniversary here at Good Hope, my 10th anniversary. Now I'm called to Good Hope. I'm here in Houston. And... We are in the process of building the Center for Hope. It's not built yet, but the steel is up, right? And it's my 10th anniversary. Deacon and Sister Whitley were uh, 
chairpersons over the anniversary, and I invited the pastor of my family home church, who was the pastor who got called to the church when they said they didn't want me. I invited him to come because he had invited me back to the church while I was in school. So I invited him to come. He came, and about 40 members, 45 members from the church flew down with him. Right? Absolute blessing. Tremendous blessing. And so Deacon Whitley, you know, proud as a peacock, man. He was taking everybody around. They had a bus, and we'd take them over to get them some barbecue over here and take them over here to get them some peach cobbler. And, you know, I mean, we just had a great time. And so when they came on the campus, and he's walking around taking them on a tour, and they, they're saying, and you know, <laughs> it's funny when folk are trying to whisper, but they really can't whisper because <laughs> they got to talk loud enough so the hearing aid can pick up what they're saying. No, no, no. I'm serious. This is some of the, so some of the older members, they were trying to whisper. They were talking real loud. And so they were saying stuff like, y'all mean to tell me we could have had him as our pastor? What was wrong with y'all back then? We should have called him to be the pastor. Lord have mercy. They're just walking around, man. I mean, but here's the point. There was nothing I gave up that God hasn't more than replaced. Nothing. Nothing. Good, Good Hope has been a stronger and better church than I ever saw Mount Lebanon be. Right? God has allowed us to impact the world in ways that I had never imagined. Even leaving my mother, later on, my mother moved down here and went home to be with the Lord from this church living with me. And then God blessed me with so many other mothers that I didn't know I had until I came to Good Hope. And I, my, my father and I, our relationship was ruptured, and, and I hadn't spoken to him in years, but God blessed me with spiritual fathers here at this church Everything that I thought I had lost, God had more than made up for. Here's my point. Sometimes we focus on what we think we're losing instead of focusing on what God has blessed us with. And if you're not careful, you will hold on so tightly to the past and your pain of what you think you have lost and what you think you have given up And God wants you to stop holding on to and looking at the pain of your past and seeing how God has blessed you and is blessing you in your present. You can't be God-giving. Here's the second thing. Number two. You can see the Lord provide what you need when you actually need the Lord to provide what you need. You can see the Lord provide what you need when you actually need the Lord to provide what you need. It's real simple, but it's right here in the text. Look at verse 11. At that moment, at what moment? The moment he picked up the knife and was about to sacrifice his son, at that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know 
that you truly fear God. Underline that phrase, for now I know that you truly fear God. Listen, it was only when Abraham was ready to sacrifice his son that God knew he had Abraham's heart. Somebody in here, I want you to know something. God wants to know, does he really have your heart? Now, here's the problem. Many of us talk it more than we walk it. We say it, but we don't show it. God wants to know if your faith is a real faith. Now, remember, we started off Genesis 22 talking about the testing of your faith. And one of the things I want you to understand about the testing of your faith is tests for faith continue to come in life. If you live long enough, your faith is going to be tested. And if you live a little bit longer, it's going to be tested again. And every test is designed to see if you have grown in your faith and in your trust in God. God wants your total surrender. But most of us, when we think about God, we give him a part but not all. We give them the leftovers, but not the best we have. We give them the last fruits instead of the first fruits. And God wants to know, are you willing to give him your best? Look at Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Present your bodies. That word, summa, flesh, your body, your physical body. Present your physical body to God as a living sacrifice. Here's the problem. We have given our bodies to everything and everybody else. And then we want to give God what's left. Don't get quiet because I know I'm right. You've given your body to Tom, Dick, and Harry. You've given your body to Tasha, Shaniqua, and Renee, and Mary. You've given your body to every liquor bottle, every joint, every snort you can make, every juke joint you could go into. And then you come limping on a walker running up here, no, not running, crawling up here on the altar talking about I'm going to give my all to Jesus. No, no, no. You giving your body your best to the devil when you stayed up all night long dancing. Now you can't stay awake through one service at church. Come on, I'm going to give my all to the Lord. And I just the Lord looking at you like, what am I supposed to do with this? Ah, yay, ah, ah. Like the devil don't want it anymore. What you want me to do with this? Shame on us when we give the best that we have of our mind, body, soul, and health to perpetuate the works of the devil and then give God the leftovers.
God says, I want your all, and I want it now. And give God your all while your all is worth something. Look at verse 13, Genesis 22. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. God provided the ram when Abraham needed the ram. See, see, the truth of the matter is, verse 14, when it says the name of the place was Yahweh Yireh, which means the Lord will provide. You won't see God provide until you need God to provide. It's when you need God to provide that God provides. Why waste the provision when you don't need it? Listen, you want God to perform a miracle. God doesn't need to perform a miracle and you don't need a miracle because if he performs a miracle and you don't need a miracle, then you won't appreciate the miracle that God has performed. Let, let me see if I can make it plain for you. We want God to do great things, but we forget to present to God our great needs. And we forget that omnipotence shows up on the other side of obedience. That if there's one key to release, to catalyze omnipotence showing up in your life, it's obedience to God. That when you obey God, now, most of us want the miracle, but we don't want to provide the obedience up front. We want God to do what we want, when we want it, and then eventually we may get around to living the way God wants us to live. And God says, my omnipotence is available, but it shows up after obedience. I told you every level of faith requires more, right? Next level living requires next level commitment, right? If I want to get to the next level of blessings, I've got to be able to give to God the next level of faith. Now, let me give you some Bible for those of you who may doubt what I'm saying. Children of Israel coming out of Egypt. Bible says they get to an impasse, Red Sea in front of them. Mountains and deserts around them, Pharaoh and his army coming down behind them. What are we going to do? Moses, stretch forth your hand. What's in your hand? Rod, stretch forth your hand. What's a rod got to do with the water? Moses, it's not about the rod, it's about your obedience. I, I need you to have faith. Stretch forth your hand and the Red Sea is parted. And the Bible says the children of Israel walk across on dry ground. But watch this. On the other side of the Red Sea, they get disgruntled. They start complaining about the menu. They, they, they want more protein in their diet. They're complaining about manna, and they say they want some meat to eat. And God provides quail, 
And they start complaining to Moses, saying, Moses, listen, you brought us out here to die. Man, at least we had some fresh vegetables and food in Egypt. We need to go back to Egypt. Now, nobody ever asked the question how they were going to get back because God doesn't perform miracles to go backwards. It, it was a long way back to Egypt. But watch this. The faith that got them out of Egypt wasn't enough faith to get them into the promised land. Stay with me. So here's what God says. This time, to go into the promised land, worship has to lead you and not warfare. Take the Ark of the Covenant, the priests carry the Ark of the Covenant, and then this is what the Word of God says. When your feet hit the water, then I'll roll back the waters and you'll walk across the Jordan River. Before, all they had to do was stretch out a rod. This time, God said, I got to see if you're willing to get your feet wet. Do you have enough faith to get your feet wet to walk into the promised land? Somebody in here, I need you to get this message. The faith that got you out of trouble is not enough faith to get you to the place of blessing. The faith that got you out of Egypt is not enough faith to get you into your promised land. Your childhood faith may have got you out of Egypt, but God wants some grown-up faith to get you into your promised land. And so the question is, are you willing to let your feet get wet? Are you willing to trust God? Because, see, most of us, we own the bank Christians. Is the water still there? Well, no, I ain't going down there until the water gone. God said, no, but your feet got to hit the water because I got to see you have enough faith to trust me. And you say, yeah, but you know, common sense say, you know, if there's water down there, you don't know that, man, the water may come, a tsunami or something may come. You don't know what may come. and You don't know what, something may be in that water. You don't know. You stay up here. You know, last time I saw somebody go down there and stick their feet in the water, you know what happened. You know, if. God, God says, no, I, I need to see where your faith is. And are you willing to trust me? Because if you have enough faith to get a blessing, then you ought to have enough faith to keep the blessing. What do you need? What do you need God to provide? Because watch this. The principle is beyond just the physical. It's mental. It's emotional. It's spiritual. Somebody here, you need God to give you some peace of mind. And God says, do you have enough faith to submit yourself, surrender yourself and your situation and trust me? Are you willing to lay it down on the altar? But even more importantly, are you willing to leave your burden at the altar? Because, you know, most of us, we lay it down and they pick it back up on the slide, you know. We pick it back up. God says, are you willing to trust me? And what is it going to take for you to trust me? 
Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I thank you today. I thank you because Abraham is a powerful instructor and a powerful teacher of what it means to be willing to lay your all on the altar. And God, there's somebody here who needs you and wants you to provide but has not been willing to lay their all before you. Give us the faith, God, for somebody strengthen the faith, for somebody encourage their faith so that they are willing to say, you know what, God, I surrender all to you. I give it all to you. And then to trust you to do what only you can do. Every level of growth requires a new level of commitment. And God, help us to make that commitment today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise if he's spoken to you any today. Stand on your feet wherever you are. As the praise team prepares to sing the song of invitation, I want to give you an opportunity today to say yes to the Lord. The wonderful thing about God is he loves you where you are, will meet you where you are, but he loves you so much he won't leave you there. If you let him, if you're willing, he'll make something beautiful out of your life. And I need somebody to know that this journey with God is not an arrival at a destination. It's a process. It's a process that results in progress. And sometimes you just have to hold on. Sometimes you just have to persevere. We're praying for families that have been affected in areas that have been affected by Hurricane Dorian. And one of the reports that I was able to catch while in Europe was that Dorian was a powerful storm, but what made it even more devastating was it was slow moving. Right? Uh, Jim Cantori of the Weather Channel made the statement. He said, the storm is moving so slow we could walk faster than it's moving. Sometimes it was moving less than a mile an hour. And, and when your storm isn't moving fast enough and you just got to shelter in place and batten down the hatches, all you can do is hold on. And all you can do is trust God. And trust that eventually the storm will pass over. Somebody today... You need Jesus Christ in your life. You're looking for a church home. I want to give you an opportunity to come right now. Upstairs or down to my left, to my right. Maybe you're streaming with us today. And you can download our church app. Or go to our church website, goodhope.org. And find the information there to find out how to give your life to the Lord. Or how to become part of our church family. As the song of invitation is sung for those in the sanctuary we want to give you an opportunity to make a step of faith. And the reason we want to do that is because we want you to know you don't have to walk alone. Men and women who are in this church, some of them standing up front, others standing all around you, will show you how to walk the initial steps of this Christian life, show you how to walk the initial steps of being part of this church family. Wherever you are, you don't have to stay there. You can make a step towards being all that God wants you to be. Praise team is going to sing. As they sing, don't wait. Dialogue or debate with the devil. 
Come on and come. Listen to me carefully before we go any further. Just feeling led today. Maybe you're here and you're going through a storm right now. Maybe your, your faith has been challenged or being challenged. I, I want to invite you to come for prayer. I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're going through. But the wonderful thing is I don't need to know. God knows. And, and God is a God who can hear and answer prayer. And, and one of the powerful things about an altar prayer is is sometimes you don't want to move because you don't want to be the only one up here, right? And then you turn around and see there's a whole lot of other folk who are up here. And the truth of the matter is if you look behind you, there's a whole lot of folk who need to be up there. I want to encourage somebody today. If you want to make a step of faith today, we want to cover you in believing prayer. Would you come right now, wherever you are, whatever it is you're dealing with, going through, uh, come on and make that step. Come on and make that step. Come on, make that step of faith. to you. You know, people look a whole lot better on the outside than they're doing and feeling on the inside. I'll do what you say do. Maybe a family situation, a, I don't know, situation with spouse, children, grandchildren, don't know what it is on your job. Kathy, would you come up please and pray for us today? Join hands with somebody around you. I want Sister Kathy White come and lead us in this prayer today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come now. Heavy hearts and burdens. But God, what we know is that you are Jehovah Jireh. You provide all that we need when we need it. So God, now meet every person here at the place of their need. Help them, God, to see that it's you dealing in the affairs of their life, that you are a sovereign God, and that you are in control of all things. You're working this thing out, God, so we can look like Jesus. So stand up in us, God, and help us to trust you as we walk through this thing called life, so that we, God, might bring you glory. So now, God, give us the patience to stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord because what we know God you will never leave us nor forsake us so you are with us every step of the way and we trust you God 
Help us, God, to trust you more. Help us, God, to love you more. Help us, God, to stand in the affirmity of your word. You said, God, when the enemy comes against us like a flood, that you would raise up a standard against him. And we know that standard is the word. So help us, God, now to stand in the word. We bless you now, God, for what you are going to do. We wait with anticipation to see how you're going to work out the affairs of our lives. We trust you, God. We love you, God. Have your way in our lives. It's in Christ's name we pray and submit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Somebody, I can hear you saying, you know, God won't put more on you than you can bear. But that's a lie. That's not true. God, God will put more on you than you can bear. You just better remember he'll never put more on you than you and he can bear. Amen. And somebody needs to stop trying to carry that load by yourself. Somebody in here needs to stop trying to carry that load by yourself. And let the Lord have his way in your life. And, and you know, the interesting thing about that, that word provide, when you look at it in the Latin, pro means in front of, and vide means need, life, right? That he sees before the need, what the need is, and is already able to meet it Sometimes he's just waiting on you to recognize that he's the one that can meet it and ask for that need to be met. Amen. Good hope it's time for the offering. Amen. Amen. Um, before we worship the Lord in giving, we have some announcements, but I tell you what, Master Control, I want to start with our ministry moment. Um, if you can do that, I know it's probably not in the order I'm giving it to you, but if you can pull up that ministry moment and uh, Brother Jeremy Williams from the children's ministry is going to come. But we have a little video that we want to show regarding uh, Upwards football and the ministry that is coming up. Really exciting. And uh, so can we do that? Are you ready for some football? The Upward Flag football and cheering season is right around the corner, and we can't wait to share God's love as boys and girls play with purpose. Hey! Hey, Upward! What you want with me? Hey, Upward! Tutu, me, me! So we have many members of our church who are volunteers, who serve as coaches. We also have parent volunteers. Uh, most of the people who participate in the program are not members of our church, so we're open to the community. Anyone can come for children, boys and girls, ages 4 to 10. The season is October 5th through November 16th with evaluations and orientation September 28th at 1 p.m. in the gym. The cost is $45 per player. Financial assistance is available and beginners are welcome. For additional information and to register, visit the I Am Hope app or Good Hope website. See you on the field. Good morning, Good Hope family. I am 
Jeremy Williams, and we're gearing up for our third year of upward uh, football, flag football and cheer. Now, uh, we offer flag football for the ages four to 10 years old. Uh, and during flag football, we come, have them come out, teach them the game of football, offer them cheerleading, offer the girls over cheerleading. And during that, uh, during flag football, we, we uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> during flag football, we help them learn the game. We teach to go through a devotion with them to help lead them to Christ and also offer them, help them build more character in Christ. Also help them build teamwork. Now, um, we, like I say, ages four to 10 years old, uh, they come out, they have fun, and they're just gonna have fun, enjoy themselves, all right? Um, parents, please bring your children. If interested, have them sign up with the I Am Hope app or the Good Hope website. Uh, ages, um, it costs $45, and uh, if they don't have it, we also offer financial assistance. So have them come out, it's real fun. All beginners are welcome. We take all comers and all skill sets, all right? All right, thank you. God bless you, thank you, Jeremy. Thank you so much. Um, Upwards is one of our outreach ministries, absolutely tremendous opportunity to share the gospel with children in an age-appropriate manner. Now, I know some of y'all, you know, went to church with your grandmom and them, and you sat on the pew, and you did absolutely nothing, and you turned out okay, in your own opinion. <laughs> I, I submit to you that all of us would have been better if we could have been exposed to Christian principles in an age-appropriate way from an early childhood perspective. And so uh, Dr. Misha Birkins and the children's ministry team does a tremendous job. Many of you, if you cannot volunteer, I know you support by sponsoring children. And we're going to once again have our Upwards League on our Fourth Ward property where the church was originally located um, and looking forward to God blessing in a powerful way. All right, Master Control, you have some other announcements for us and then we'll prepare to worship the Lord in giving. Family of Hope, the Hope for Families Food Pantry is coming soon. Starting in October, our Client Choice Food Pantry, which is in partnership with the Houston Food Bank, will be open weekly, providing food for families in need in a dignified and respectful way. Serving opportunities include greeters, registration, product organizers, inventory control, stockers, shopping, caring assistants, floaters, and baggers. We invite you, yes you, to join us in serving others, so please plan to attend a food pantry orientation meeting on Sunday, September 1st at 12 noon or September 8th at 10 a.m. or 12 noon in the gym. For more information, please contact Mark Sloan at msloan at goodhope.org. Come and join Discovery every second Sunday of every month. We invite you to join our membership discovery classes. This is an opportunity for you to get to learn about the Good Hope family. We have four classes that we've set up just to make sure you know what part of the family you're becoming a part of. Class shout out. 101, 201, 301, 401. And we invite you to come join us on the second Sunday of every month and you will be blessed. Hope to see you there. Download our new I Am Hope mobile app in order to get or stay connected to our Good Hope family. To download the new app, you can visit our website at goodhope.org and click on the banner. 
or you can text Good Hope MBC app to 77977, or you can scan the QR code on the posters in the lobby or Center for Hope, or you can also search Good Hope MBC or I Am Hope in your Apple or Google Play Store. Let's continue to take hope to the world. My Voice Matters presents Millennial Mixer, a brunch connecting black millennials and engaging one another in an atmosphere that promotes connection, community, conversation, and consciousness. Join us on Saturday, September 14th, 2019, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Library Coffee Bar, located at 2612 Scott Street, Houston, Texas, 77004. The event is free, so please RSVP by September 10th at myvoicematters.org. Anyone not able to attend the mixer is encouraged to take the survey on myvoicematters.org. Young adult, on September 25th, come join us at 6 p.m. in the Center for Hope as we look at the true God of the Bible. On God, you will be blessed. The Good Hope Marriage Enrichment Ministry presents Understanding Your Spouse, Differences, Expectations, and Preferences. Join us for a fulfilling night of romance and spiritual revitalization that will help you learn to love your spouse in spite of your differences. Join us Friday, October 18th at 6 p.m. through Saturday, October 19th at 3 p.m. at the Marriott Sugarland Hotel. The cost is $250 per couple, which includes your hotel room, Friday night reception, and Saturday breakfast and lunch. You can register on goodhope.org or Hope Network. For more information, contact Brother Eric Page. Don't forget, CDs of all sermons are located in the Center for Hope bookstore for a donation of $5. That about does it for this week's Good News Weekly Announcements. Have a blessed and prosperous week. And remember, good hope, loving God, loving all people, and changing the world. All right. Listen, I need you all to keep pastor in prayer. Keep me in prayer. You know, we have our prostate cancer uh, awareness event, the Whitley Project, um, coming up the last Saturday of this month. Uh, prostate cancer uh, in the African-American community with African-American men. Um, we are three times more likely to be diagnosed with the disease than some ethnic groups and six times more likely to die of the disease. Um, the entire population of black men is considered by some to be in the high-risk category. We don't know why, but we contract it more than any other race. And it's really important that you get tested. September's Prostate Cancer Awareness Month. And you know, I was talking to some other politicians with some of the problems, about some of the problems that we're having because we can't get anybody to come out and commit to doing the testing. And it's amazing you know, NFL players will wear pink in October, and I'm not mad. I, man, I, listen, I want us to fight breast cancer and find a cure for breast cancer, but we got to fight for prostate cancer as well. Brothers, if nobody else, y'all ought to say amen. And, uh, you know, they, they're giving me all kinds of, of, of fecal bovine matter <clears throat> as excuses as to why they can't come out. And so, um, so I'm, I'm, if, if there's somebody who can, who can save MD Anderson or Harris Health or, or, or Methodist some embarrassment, 
If y'all can help pastor, I sure would appreciate it. Otherwise, some folk gonna get embarrassed because it doesn't make sense. You know, we've got arguably the number one cancer center in the world, in the medical center, who only gives less than 3% of their treatment to the uninsured and underinsured in this city. And you got black men who have had to sell their houses to get prostate cancer treatment. That's unacceptable in my eyesight, right? That's unacceptable. And so, you know, they used to give free testing the first Tuesday of every month from I think nine to 11 or something like that, which is like really, you know, that's prime time to do some testing, right? <clears throat> and they stopped doing that five or six years ago. Um, and the reason I'm raising this is because we lost a great man out of our church Deacon Raymond Whitley to prostate cancer. First year we did the testing, 12% of the men tested positive high PSA levels, 12%. Last year when we tested, 20% of the men had high PSA levels. So those numbers are off the chart and they're not determined by us, they were determined by Harris Health who did the testing. Now Harris Health is saying they got some other stuff going on, they don't think they're gonna be able to do it. And so I'm challenging a lot of our elected officials to step up. And so we're still gonna claim by faith we're gonna do it on September the 28th. My goal is to test 500 men from Harris County. Um, and if we don't have anybody to test, then maybe we'll just drive over and do a protest. <laughs> I think 500 brothers showing up anywhere will make some folk nervous. You know what I'm saying? They'd be like, what? So uh, yeah, we we either gonna have some testing or we gonna have a protest, one or the other, but we are gonna do something on September the 28th. All right, amen. Let's worship the Lord in giving. Give as God has blessed you. Give as God has prospered you. And remember, God loves a cheerful giver. message from our senior pastor that challenges us and reminds us afresh of God is our provider. All right, I uh, wanted to share a couple more things with you. We do have a uh, booth, a photo booth shut up. 
to, if you have your grandkids here with you today, go and take a picture. They're set up in the fellowship hall, a nice little backdrop. So, you know, Mimi, Pawpaw, Poppy, and Gigi, and all the other names we don't come up with. Come on and take your kids over and let them take a picture with you. And if not, maybe you just take your own and give it to them. Let's say, this, I'm your grandma and I'm your grandpa. Don't you forget, amen. All right, so we invite you to go to the fellowship hall and take a picture. Also, I uh, want to remember all of our bereaved members in prayer. We've had several over the last couple of weeks that have lost a loved one, a, a mother, a sister, an aunt, uh, several families. So just keep them in your prayers throughout the week, as well as all of our sick and shut-in members. All right, I think that covers everything. It's now time to recognize our guest. So today, if you are visiting with us for the first time, would you please stand? If it's your second visit or your third visit, please stand. Amen. Remain standing. Amen. We're so glad that you came this way to worship with us and fellowship with us. We hope and we pray that you have been blessed by the word, you've been blessed by the singing, and that someone has given you a warm smile, a friendly handshake that will encourage you to come back and visit one more time. But while you're here today, we have a special reception for you. I'm going to ask that you gather your things, and if someone invited you, they can go with you and follow these young ladies who are part of our guest relations ministry. Uh, we have a special reception for you, as well as a gift from the Good Hope Church, and we're going to tell you a little more about our church family. God bless you. Thank you for coming. You're welcome to come back anytime and all the time. Amen. All right, the one last thing, uh, I told you last week we had the uh, anniversary souvenir books are here. They are ready uh, in the bookstore, so uh, you can stop by the bookstore and purchase one. And uh, Brother Ward, what is, what's the price for the souvenir books? $25, all right, so it's a book waiting on you, and you can uh, go and purchase one in the bookstore, right there in the Center for Hope. All right, I think that covers everything. Okay, if you purchase a full page, then of course you know you get a free book. All right, so if your ad was the whole page, you get a whole book free, amen. All right, thank you, Brother Ward. All right, if everybody's good, let's stand and receive the benediction. God, we come now to thank you for all of your provisions. Thank you, Lord, that you look out after us. Thank you that you go before us. Thank you, Lord, that you take care of all of our needs in spite of us getting in the way. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. And we thank you for your mercy. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his face upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And may he bless you this week when you rise up early and settle late, when you go out and when you come in, in your labor and in your leisure, until we come together again in the house of prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. All right, hug somebody on your way out. <laughs>